0: Welcome to the 49ers Camelot Show. I'm excited to have you, and I'm really excited to have Tracy Sandler from the Fangirls Network. What's up, Tracy?
1: Uh, how you doing, Mark? Thank you so much for having
0: me. Thanks. I, I appreciate you coming on and know that you're busy, especially because you're no longer just a regular old fan. You're actually legit now. You're a beat writer, you show up to practices. I'm really proud of you because I remember back in the day when you had just your, your, I think you were doing a podcast. Mm -hmm. I think you were, you did one with Stephanie McCarroll. Is that right? Mm
1: -hmm, mm -hmm.
0: Yeah. So I remember that. And now, now look at you. What's, what's it like to, to start covering the team on a more personal basis?
1: Well, it's funny. This is actually my eighth. Se- I'm going into my eighth season as a B reporter, which is so crazy to me. I can't believe it. But I mean, it's it's been great. This is a really good team to cover. Uh, I love what I do, and yeah, I get to be there every day and really get to be in it. But it's it's been a lot of fun. It's a lot of work, obviously, but it's been a lot of fun.
0: Yeah, yeah, that's really cool. I remember you doing some things where you were like, get to know the player. And you would ask the player certain questions. Five fun and, facts.
1: Yeah, we yeah. do it. Five fun facts with almost, almost everyone on the team has done it. There are some new guys this year that haven't done it yet, but uh, I think I only have. There are very few, probably a handful who haven't done it yet, which is so funny.
0: Well, that's cool. So tell me now that you're you're eight years, eight seasons, mm-hmm. all of these press conferences. Tell me the most memorable or the funniest. Uh, I asked Matt Barrows the same question and his one of his was a Jim Harbaugh story, which isn't shocking. And the other one was the Jim Tomsula introductory press conference, which I would imagine would be memorable. What uh, what jumps out to you?
1: That's so funny. And both of them, both of the gyms preceded me. So I didn't get to experience those. But I mean, there have been so many so many that jump out, but one of them is Richard Sherman, really his introductory press conference. We had uh, an introductory phone call with Richard Sherman and the sound wasn't great. And there was like a dog barking in the background, and all these (laughs) things. Then we had this introductory press conference with him, but he was just, he was fantastic. So that one jumps out. Um, Last year during OTAs, I remember during a George Kittle press conference, for some reason, my phone felt that it would be fun to start just playing ads. (laughs) And so we had a we had fun with that. And George kept being like, Tracy, my God, but uh, that was that one was a lot of fun. So I know there have been like so many over the years. um, But see, Kyle's great. You don't get like necessarily those like Jim Harbaugh ones. But listen, I was on the infamous zoom before the draft for the I don't know who's going to be alive on Sunday. (laughs) <laughs> and as soon as he said it, I thought, "Oh, that's going to be a thing." So I was that's on that funny. Zoom for that. So there have been um, there have been a lot of them, but it's it's been a good run. It's been a lot of fun, as I said earlier.
0: Yeah, Matt's Jim Harbaugh story was it was it was a, a presser that he wasn't even supposed to be at. I think that one of the coordinators was supposed to speak, mm. and he said that Harbaugh came in and said. AJ Jenkins was a good receiver in college and he will continue to be a good receiver. And that was kind of it. And it was in that time where I guess people were criticizing the AJ Jenkins uh, pick, but uh, we all know how how that ended. So that was kind of a, a funny Harbaugh like thing. Speaking of which I was kind of jealous of you back when they fired Jim Harbaugh, I was jealous because I wanted him to still be my coach, but you mm-hmm. got to have him continue to be your coach just on a different team. And so I'm sure that's a lot of fun. I'm sure he still does the khakis and the who's got it better than us stuff like that. And he still do that.
1: Oh, he sure does. He's still Jim Harbaugh. The who's got it better than us. I haven't heard him do it in a while, but that doesn't mean he, he doesn't do it, but he's still got the khakis. You know, he was at Levi stadium earlier this season. They honored that 2012 team. Mm-hmm. And, uh, but yeah, that's, That's my coach. And, you know, I really, I really get to be a fan. I love anybody who follows me. Anybody who knows me knows that I love, love, love my Michigan Wolverines. So (laughs) I still have I still have my coach. And, you know, it's it's changed over the years. Obviously, I started as a 49 fan, but now I'm a reporter. So it's just it's kind of a different thing. But when it comes to Michigan, when it comes to the Dodgers, I'm such a diehard fan. So I love still having Jim Harbaugh in my life.
0: That's good. The fangirl never dies. Yes. (laughs) She's always still there. So speaking of Jim Harbaugh Mm -hmm. and Michigan Wolverines, the 49ers drafted two of Harbaugh's players in Ronnie Bell and Jake Moody. Did you manifest this? I mean, because I'm picturing you slipping Michigan uh, draft reports and and things like that under, uh, under Kyle Shanahan's door or something like that. Did you make this happen?
1: I mean, I do like to take credit for Jake Moody, even though I definitely had nothing to do with it, but I did tweet, <laughs> talk about on my podcast and on every radio show talked about Jake Moody and how he was the guy and they needed a kicker. I always said, even before they traded up, but to get, and they had to obviously end up getting Jair Brown first. I always said they were going to take him at 99. I always thought that was going to be the case because I knew that Kyle Shanahan has not had to worry about a kicker the last several years. He doesn't like thinking about kickers. And this was the guy. And I knew Jake (laughs) Moody was the guy. Money Moody, Moody Magic, whatever you want to call him. So I do feel like with Jake Moody, I kind of did manifested um, (laughs) because I talked about it so much. And then with Ronnie Bell, it's funny. I thought that Ronnie Bell was one they could draft or Luke Schoonmaker was one they could draft. Mm. So I definitely talked about that. And I think Ronnie Bell could end up being a really sneaky, good draft pick. And I know he's a late round pick and it's going to be hard for those late round picks to make this team. But Ronnie Bell was coming off an ACL injury this last year before that. I mean, he was the man. He was just like the guy in that offense. And then Coming off his ACL injury, he had some really big moments this season. He impressed at rookie minicamp. He's impressed some at OTAs. So I actually think he may end up being a really sneaky, good pick for the 49ers. I know Jake Moody is going to be everything (laughs) we want him to be and more. But I I really think Ronnie Bell is going to make this team. I know we're very early on, miles to go before (laughs) they hit the 53. But I, I think this is a very good pick for San Francisco.
0: Do you see him like as a slot receiver? I mean, would he be a good slot? Cause really Kyle Shanahan's not had that since 2017.
1: That is true. I think he would be, I think he could be a really good punt returner who could come in on the slot. And I think the thing with Ronnie bell this year is receiver becomes kind of a sneaky need. Not really yet, but mm-hmm. Juwan Jennings on a one-year deal and he's yeah. restricted restricted agent next year. Ray Ray McLeod is on a one-year deal. So I think it becomes kind of a sneaky place where he could come on in, but yes, I definitely think he could come in on in the slot. Like I said, I think he could be a punt returner. I just, you know, we'll see how he does in training camp in the preseason, because Mm -hmm. sometimes you don't want to cut the guy. And this, this was the case with Brock Purdy. And they said this at the time, we don't want to cut the guy because if you cut him, there's no guarantee you're getting him on the practice squad. And they may not want someone else to get Ronnie Bell. And I think they were pretty excited about drafting him. So, but yes, that is where I see him fitting in and he's he's been impressive thus far.
0: I actually think he's going to make the team and partly because I don't think that we know what they have yet in Danny Gray. And Correct. so I for, and you know what I
1: forgot to even mention Danny Gray so.
0: And they play a different style of course but yes. but I liked that pick. I liked the Ronnie Bell pick. I actually yeah. liked the Jake Moody pick as well. I didn't have a problem with it being in the third round. I did kind of raise my eyebrows just because I knew that there were going to be people on Twitter who were just going to lose it. But I didn't have a problem with that. My only concern is this team expects to be playing for championships. Can Jake Moody handle that kind of NFL pressure? Because rookie kickers don't have a great track record.
1: Oh, he'll be fine. Jake Moody is not your average rookie kicker. That's for sure. (laughs) I mean. What did did, um, Harbaugh said to Matt Barrow's death taxes and Jake Moody? And he has said that before, (laughs) and they all say he has ice in his veins. I mean, he's, he's not, he's just not your average rookie kicker. And the thing is with the third round and yes, obviously I wanted them to pick Jake Moody. I talked about it. He was going to go at 99, but the thing is, they need the kicker. He, we saw the Cowboys take a kicker very early in the fourth round. He wasn't going to be there if they didn't get him in the third. And this is a team that's pretty set. You know, we mm-hmm. just talked about Ronnie Bell and how it's going to be harder for those late round picks to make the team. And that's because this is a team that's pretty set. So it's a team that could afford to use that pick in their one glaring area of needed that they need a yeah. starter. And that was Jake Moody. So, but he really is not your average rookie kicker. And he's, he's kind of been through it. He came in, he, he was going to be a big deal. He got replaced and had a game where I think he missed three kicks in a row. He Mm. got his job back and he's had to play. He's had to play for Jim Harbaugh. He's had to play (laughs) in high pressure situations and he's done well. So I don't think there's anything to worry about in Jake Moody.
0: That's good to hear. I have heard Matt Mayoko say on multiple occasions that no rookie is going to impact the 49ers season more than Jake Moody, one way or another. But uh, I, I like the kick, and so I, I'm hoping for good things. What what jumped out at you at mini camp? Were there a couple of things that uh, maybe a player you were impressed with or somebody you weren't as impressed with? What jumped out?
1: Can you say that one more time? You broke up for a second. I'm sorry, Mark.
0: What jumped out at you uh, during the the uh, mandatory minicamp? Was w- was there a player that impressed or one that didn't impress? What, uh, what jumped out to you?
1: Well, I think we won't talk quarterback because as everybody, <laughs> of course, you know, once we've been talking about. But I, I actually will say that I thought that Trey Lance, I would agree with George Kittle. I think that Trey Lance did look a lot better than he did last year. So I think that's something – that certainly jumped out. But, you know, there, there were – Isaiah Oliver was impressive. Uh, I think Diamantor Lenore mm-hmm. continues to impress. He continues to be aggressive. He continues to be who they thought he would be, who they want him to be. Saw Ambry Thomas get some, some extra playing time. Mooney Ward was, you know, doing individuals and running on the side, but he wasn't doing team drills. And I think Ambry Thomas, I saw something a little bit different in him than maybe I did – you know, last year, I don't, I'm not going to say there's anybody who didn't impress me. I mean, minicamp is just, it's so hard to know yeah. really anything from OTAs and minicamp. But I would say Lenore, Ambry Thomas, Isaiah Oliver, and of course, Brandon Ayuk just was super impressive all the way around. And I think Debo Samuel said it best, you can't guard that boy in a phone booth right now, <laughs> but he, he was just incredible. You know, you mentioned Danny Gray. I think we might see something a little more from Danny Gray, but Brandon Ayuk stood out above and beyond, but that may be one of the more obvious ones. And so I would say the corners would be maybe the less obvious ones.
0: Well, speaking of Brandon Iyuk, everybody's talked about how great he looked. Mm-hmm. Uh, he looked great last year. He had a really good season. Mm-hmm. Nick Bosa is about to become probably the highest paid defensive player in NFL history. Mm-hmm. My concern is are the 49ers going to be able to keep when it's time to pray to, to, to pray, we'll pray that they can keep Debo Samuel and Brandon Iuke when it comes time to, to pay Iuke are, you, are they going to be able to keep
1: both of those guys? That remains to be seen. And it, it's a decision they, they may have to make next year. They probably won't have to make it for two more years. Uh, but they very well may have to make a choice. I don't, I don't think in originally, I kind of thought it'd be next year. I don't think it's going to be next year. I think it's two years down the road and then they might have to make a choice, but you know, two years down the road, there are going to be a lot of things that go on in this team where they're going to have to make choices because I've, I've been pretty open. I talk about this on my pod a lot. Like they've got about a two year window. I would Mm -hmm. say a one to two year window before things start changing. Um, So I I don't know, to be honest with you. I think right now it's a little bit hard to tell. We have – next season is going to be really important for Brandon Ayuk and Debo Samuel, but, you know, thus far Brandon Ayuk has shown that he is very durable. He's gotten better and better and better. He said he's getting ready to take off. He just had a 1,000-yard season, so can't wait to see what that looks like. But, you know – they may have to make tough decisions and they've had to make them in the past. I just think it's going to be something that you don't really have to worry about for two more years.
0: If you had to make the choice, if you're John Lynch and you or Kyle Shanahan and you had to make the choice, we we've got to get rid of Debo or we have to get rid of Brandon. Ayuk, who are you keeping?
1: Oh, I, there's a reason I am not <laughs> Kyle Shanahan and John Lynch. Uh, I think at this moment in time in June of 2023, So I would like to preface it that we have a whole season ahead of us. I also, but before I give my answer, I want to talk a a minute about Debo Samuel and how open he was with us last week, how open he was about his season last year. He felt that the off season stuff last year was a distraction. He said, his his words, my season was awful um, that he would never put anything like that on tape again. So I think, I want to preface all of that, but if we're just going to go today, June, 2023, I think it would be Ayuk because he's proven to be more durable because he's a true wide receiver. And because Christian McCaffrey changes things yeah. somewhat in that regard, uh, I would think that's, but that's a very difficult decision to make. <laughs> and I do think we are going to see a very different Debo Samuel next year. I think we're going to see more of like the Debo Samuel we saw in 2021. And so it, you know, that could change things, but I'm glad I'm not the one making those decisions. I just will write about it when they make it.
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I, that would be a tough one. I, but I'm with you. I'm probably going IU and partly because the way that Debo plays, I'm not sure how long he'll be mm-hmm. able to play that way. But let me ask you this is Brock Purdy going to be ready for week one. I'm sure having, sh- like I'm it. I am having a hard time believing that that's going to, that he's going to be play ready to play, ready to start in Pittsburgh against that defense week one. Where are you at on that?
1: I mean, it it sounds like it. We haven't seen him throw obviously. So, uh, but it sounds like he is very much on schedule, maybe even a little bit ahead of schedule. If you'd asked me this two months ago, I, even a month ago, a month and a half ago, I would have said probably not and that I would expect to see him in week two or three. But it sounds like he is very much on schedule and they're pretty open about it too, which makes me think he really is very much on schedule. There's not too much of, we don't know, but I mean, Kyle Shanahan said last week, I know everybody wants an update. I don't really have one, but he has said that they expect him to be ready for week one and it sounds like he will be everything knock wood everywhere has gone according to plan so it sounds like he will be which is somewhat not funny haha but ironic and with all the discourse and the who's it going to be and will be trey lance or sam darnold and this one that one and the other and ultimately i think brock purdy is going to start week one in pittsburgh
0: all right so there's about six weeks or so until training Mm -hmm. camp what do you think non-quarterback storylines mm-hmm. because we could, we could flood the, the, the whole yeah. internet with those. What are you, what are you expecting will be mm-hmm. some of the biggest storylines during training camp?
1: Well, I think curious to see, and this is just my stuff, so I can't speak for everybody, but I think the corners that I mentioned earlier, I think mm-hmm. um, are a big storyline because I think for Ambry Thomas, this is a really important off season. You know, he and Diomato Lenore's rookie season's, Went in, very, went in different directions, and then went again in different directions in their second year. He's a third-round pick who I think the 49 were counting on to be a big part of this team. So this becomes a pretty big offseason and preseason for him. Uh, I'm very curious to see what happens with Ty Davis-Price. What does his offseason look like? What does his training camp look like? What does his preseason look like? Um You know, Elijah Mitchell, how does he come back? Obviously, Elijah Mitchell is incredibly talented. He's had trouble staying healthy, which anybody who listens to me knows is like my least favorite narrative because it is football. But he still has (laughs) had problems staying healthy. So Jordan Mason and Ty Davis-Price become really big parts of that running back room and curious to see kind of what happens there. Um, Javon Hargrave with this defensive line, that's just going to be cool to watch. I think that's more of a season storyline. I don't know if it's much of a storyline as I think they just – became the best defensive line in the league. And it's not even close, but yeah. it's really fun to see him. And then uh, on that line though, who is the edge rusher opposite Nick, Nick Bosa? Can Drake Jackson take the leap that they want him to take? And he's definitely been in the weight room and he's, he's put on weight, which is something they wanted to do And he's been working hard, but can he make that leap to be that guy and that really remains to be seen. So those are the big ones that jump out at me. But I think Drake Jackson is a big one. That That is a huge storyline because they expect good things from him and they expect big things from him. And he had a lot of work to do this offseason.
0: Yeah, that's that's definitely a huge one. That might be the biggest one, in my opinion. Yeah. Of the non-quarterback storylines. I, th- I think the running back, like you mentioned, that that's sneaky big because I think that they have to find somebody, whether it's Elijah Mitchell or Jordan Mason or Ty Davis Price, somebody has to take some of the load off of Christian McCaffrey. I just think he got dinged up way too much last season, and if he has to carry that kind of load again, I'm concerned uh, that uh, because he just plays a brutal position. So hopefully somebody's going to step up.
1: I would even take it a step further because I think Elijah Mitchell does take that load off Christian McCaffrey, but someone also has to take the load off Elijah Mitchell. And that's how you keep both of those guys healthy. So that that's kind of my feeling on that is yeah. that there are a few people in that running back room. That's got to, got to take a lot of people, but I think Elijah Mitchell does do that if he can stay healthy, but part of the way you keep him healthy is having some of these other guys perform.
0: Yeah. It's probably a hard, line for Kyle Shanahan to toe because on one hand you want a more balanced approach as far as having different running backs carrying the load. But at the same time, you've got this all world talent that you want on the field, every chance you can get in McCaffrey. So that's tough. As we go into training camp, what are your concerns for this team?
1: I mean, I think with honestly, (laughs) this team is pretty pretty put together. There there aren't a ton of concerns. I think if if we're going to, if we're going to pick some um, Colt McKibbitt's, the heir apparent at right tackle remains to be seen how he is as an everyday starter, you know, every snap starter at that position. So I think that becomes an important one. They need Mm -hmm. Spencer Burford who played really well last year as a rookie. They need him to take that next step in his second season. So that O-line of course becomes really important especially in keeping their quarterbacks healthy which as we know has been a problem and that's not on the o-line by any means but it's been a it's not on anybody but that is something that they need they need to be able to do so i think that becomes a concern i think who is on the other side that line is so strong but you know who is on that other side of Bosa, and then i think you know at linebacker there's no concern but you had a trio the last couple years, it was probably the mm-hmm. less best linebacker trio in the league by far. Aziz Shayer, as well he should, goes on to the Titans to to be a starter. So now you have Fred Warner and Drake Greenlaw. Drake Greenlaw is another one that tends to get a little bit dinged up.
0: <laughs> yeah. They have
1: someone that can come in. Can D. Winters be that guy? Demetrius Flanagan-Fowles, uh, you know, uh, Burks, can he come in? Like, you know, who can kind of come in and be that third linebacker when they need him to be? So none of these... The thing is, again, it kind of this team is pretty ready to go, mm-hmm. and in an theory is built, so there aren't tons of areas of concern, so to speak. But I think those are areas to watch and keep an eye on.
0: Yeah, good answer. Do you do you think that this team is as good? I, I think that they're better than they were this time last year, but are they as good right now, heading uh, as they were heading into the NFC Championship game?
1: Oh yes, I mean I, I do think that they are. I mean, granted they they lost a lot of players in free agency, which of course happens. Um, but yes, I think they are as good heading into the NFC Championship game, and and partly because you're going to have Brock Purdy now, who started a number of games, who's you know shown what he can do. Javon Hargrave makes a really big difference for them. DeAmador Lenore, I think, is only going to get better. So yeah. yes, I do think they're as good as they were heading into the NFC championship game, but you know, we won't really know until they start playing in September.
0: Yeah. One last question. And this is the most important one.
1: Oh, no pressure.
0: Who is your favorite 49ers beat writer other than yourself?
1: Oh, I cannot answer <laughs> <that>. <laughs> You're gonna get me in trouble. You're going to get me in very, very big trouble. So I can't
0: I tell anybody.
1: I, well, yeah, no, I can't. But I will say this. Um, we have a really good group and yeah. I, we're, we're really lucky. We all get along really well. We hang out like on the road. We do dinners together all the time. Uh, it's a fun beat. It's a funny beat. Barrows and I talk TV like we love talking about TV. Whenever <laughs> he's on the podcast, it's like 49ers. And then whatever the hot show like of the moment is. Um, so we have a lot of fun with that. Mayoko has been like a mentor to me. I I just, I I mean, Nick is a close friend, Cam, David, Jen, like everybody. It's such a great branch. Oh, Brancher. Brancher's the best. Josh Dubow <laughs> is there all the time. Like it's a really hard one. Kawakami, fantastic. So I just, I can't pick a favorite, but I'm lucky to be on such a great beat. And this is the only beat I've ever been on. And so my understanding is that not every beat has people who get along so well and really love working together. And we're lucky. I mean, we have a lot of fun in that workroom. And let me tell you, sitting in a media workroom for three days of the draft is not easy and you <laughs> really have a good time. I
0: bet. Well, yeah. 49ers fans are really fortunate to have so many great uh, people covering the team. So thank you for doing that. And thank you for being here. Tell us where we can find you.
1: Uh, so I'm on Twitter at Tracy F G S N. I'm on Instagram at Tracy Sandler. Uh, all of our my content, all of our family content is fgsn.com. And make sure to subscribe to The Tracy Sandler Show.
0: Yes. And we're really proud of you and all the things thank that you. you're doing. That's really sweet. So thanks, yeah. Thank you again for joining me. And thank you for watching The 49ers Camelot Show. Go check out what Tracy's doing. And while you're at it, subscribe to The 49ers Camelot Show so that uh, we can keep bringing you great guests like this. Thanks so much for joining us.
1: Absolutely. Thank you so much for having me.